Welcome to the Biz and Life Done Well podcast, where we explore what it means and what it takes to do business and life well. I'm your host, Peter Wilson. If you're like me, you're intrigued by stories of common people who have achieved uncommon success in business and life. Join me as I interview fascinating people about how they got started, their successes and failures, their habits and routines, and what inspires them. My guest today is Kevin Schmidt. Kevin is a, uh, I kind of consider him to be a renaissance man. I've known Kevin for well over 20 years. We used to work together at a little company called DealerNet. I've been seeing Kevin on Instagram lately and decided to reach out to him through Instagram and invited him to be on the podcast to talk about contentment. Kevin, you want to say hi? Hey, how's it going? So Kevin is... uh, He's an island dweller. He's over in Bainbridge Island, which is uh, along the Puget Sound. Today, we're going to talk about contentment and uh, what it means. The reason I've been thinking about it in general is, you know, it's Thanksgiving week and it's 2020. And we got a hell of a lot to be discontent about. So I've been thinking about, wow, maybe let's think about it a different way. You know, what are those things that we can uh, be content with and about? So I just want to start off by asking you, like, what does contentment mean to you? It's a really good question. Contentment to me, in a nutshell, is the ability to fall asleep easily at night because your head isn't filled with all the uh, discontent of the of the uh, ongoing struggles around you, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then to wake up in the morning and just uh, realize that your uh, your to do list is up to you and not up to somebody else. Bravo. Now, I one of the things I, I mentioned, you live in Bainbridge, and I mm-hmm. uh, follow you on Instagram. Kind of stalked you for quite a while. <laughs> Even though we haven't really spoken to each other for many years, um, this is our first conversation. One of the things I noticed is that your your location is uh, is it Goldfinch Meadows? Is yeah. that correct? Yes, yeah, that's the just the name I gave to the little uh, acre and a quarter that we have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I noticed that you have a lot of uh, nature in your uh, neck of the woods there, so to speak. Yeah, we do. It's um, it's a nice situation. Like I say, I've got an acre and a quarter, but uh, just the way things work out, right? Um, uh, in a part of the island that's one of the oldest parts of the island, so all the homes around us are as old as ours. Our our house was built in 1904. Uh, The house next to us was born uh, built in um, I don't know, um, uh, 19 uh, uh, sorry, 1880 something. I mean, yeah, yeah. So they built so, houses back then. Yeah, even even older than ours. So, um, uh, yeah, it's just um, it's a nice area. But um, more to the point, uh, our acre and a quarter is surrounded by people that have two and a half acres on one side and five acres on the other, and then the people beyond the people with two and a half acres have another two and a half acres. So, it's in twenty five acres of land. There's four houses, and even though I've got a small house. Um, from every window in this house, I see nothing but green, except if I look out this one window right here, I can see barely see the corner of one of my neighbor's houses. Hmm. And so every other window, I'm looking at, you know, trees and uh, lawns and uh, it's just a, it's a real nice, it's a real nice situation given how little property I actually do have. <laughs> I've got quite the territorial uh, aspect. How, how long have you, uh, how long have you lived there? Also a good question. Uh, we actually moved in to this house, uh, which we um, laughingly referred to then as our starter house. <laughs> uh, 
uh, Thanksgiving weekend of 93, getting close to 30 years. And when you say we, you're- Yeah, my wife, my wife Janine, um, uh, we've been together since a blind date in 1988. <laughs> wow. So that's also some longevity. Yeah, she's a um, uh, leadership coach, uh, has been doing that for quite some time, uh, does a lot of work with the uh, Henley Leadership Group, uh, Dee Dee Henley and, and company. And, um, you know, she's got some fabulous, uh, fabulous clients now that, well, with everything's been going on, she's d- trans- transitioned nearly everything to to virtual. Lots mm-hmm. of Zoom meetings these days. Right. Tiny, tiny bits of in-person stuff in the past couple of months. But thankfully, her business is doing really well. That's that's good to hear. So, um, so you're living here at uh, Goldfinch Meadows, mm-hmm. and you're just surrounded by nature. That's one of the things that really yeah. impressed me is just the amount of uh, nature that you uh, show on your um, Instagram. What role does that play? What role does nature play in your personal contentment? Well, uh, first of all, I think uh, one of the uh, most obvious things to me is the way that just being in nature uh, has a calming influence on me, at least. Um, It um, brings me to ground. Uh, It centers me. Um, I think that that just walking out the door sometimes is enough to just bring everything uh, back to ground, back to center. So, um, so for me, just, just any nature at all is, is, is wonderful that way. Uh, The other great thing about the nature around me here is that even though it is only an acre and a quarter, I've got a nice big lawn. And then behind that, back where my studio is and where, (laughs) like Janine is currently using it as her office. <laughs> um, uh, I've got a, just enough land. Um, when the when the pandemic hit and the first time I went to the grocery store and saw empty shelves to the left of me and empty shelves to the right of me, I thought, you know, um, I'm not going to give over control of my life <laughs> uh, to someone I can no longer trust with that. So um, yeah, um, I immediately bought lots of starts and uh thankfully for um uh you know the all the online businesses that had seeds to offer i bought a bunch of seeds uh expanded the little area had back there to begin with uh quite a lot um planted corn planted broccoli planted onions planted cucumbers planted tomatoes plant you know the, the list was very long of things that um knew it would probably worked back there and had a couple of peach trees back there for a number of years. And yes, on Bainbridge Island, I've been, I've been actually getting ripe peaches every year. So it, it can, it can be done. It's hard to believe, but it can be done in the banana belt. Yeah. And so I thought that if I can grow peaches back there, I can certainly grow some tomatoes. So yeah. um, that's, uh, that's um, one of the great gifts of, uh, of having a little bit of dirt around you is uh, being able to utilize it uh, when you feel like you need to utilize it. So that's been a great gift to me. Have you ever grown fava beans? Uh, no, have not. Have have actually uh, I've actually grown um, bush beans and some um, and some climbing, you know, string beans, um, but no no fava beans. Don't waste your time. Yeah, there's not much there. <laughs> you have to mix them with all kinds of other stuff. Well, that's that's the other thing you learn too. Like you plant a lot of stuff, and some of it works really well, and some of it just doesn't work at all. And you figure out that, yeah, so next year, um, I, I, my list of seeds is is quite truncated. I'm going to do it again, but my list of seeds is quite truncated. I will plant more 
of some things and and not repeat planting some other things. So. Mm-hmm. so let's talk about your sort of journey of contentment. When I knew you back in 97-ish, 6-ish, mm-hmm. yeah. I think, and around that time, you uh, you always struck me as being a man of uh, contentment and um, you, you always seem to be at peace. And uh, I, I, maybe, I don't know if that was true or not, but that was, you know, the way that I felt that you uh, carried yourself at the time. And so uh, what I'd like to know is what is your secret? Like, what, <laughs> well, it, were you, were you really as at peace as I thought you were way back when? Um, I think it's true. And I'm, I'm, I'm gratified that you noticed that I, um, I have, um, I've been meditating for quite some time probably had just begun doing that when we first met, you know, probably mid nineties was when I started doing that. Was there something that prompted that? I mean, could you, uh, was there a point in your life where you were really discontent and you said, I've got to do something to find my center? Yeah, no, I, I think, I, I think that probably it wasn't so much that I was discontent is, is that I just saw um, what I thought to be people around me that were content and I wondered how they got they got there, uh, and that seemed to be a common thread. Is that uh, meditation was a was a um, was a common thread that um, you got there through uh, through self effort, and uh, and that was the more more basic or more basic uh, tool and toolbox was 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 meditation. I don't recall that meditation was really that popular. I guess is the right word. Mm-hmm. Back then, I mean, now it seems like mindfulness is, you know, sort of. Oh, there's an app for that. Yeah, there's a magazine. There's <laughs> yeah, several yeah. apps for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely blown up. <laughs> there's Calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's several, yeah, sort of mm-hmm. apps yeah. for that. What was, uh, if I could ask, what was the, was there any particular inspiration or, you know, was there a certain book you read or some person that you follow that, yeah, uh, 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 another great question. Uh, I think that um, I think the first influence, if you will, was Dr. Wayne Dyer. Uh, loved his uh, his work, uh, followed him uh, quite a lot, read him, and also um, actually uh, at one point in time met him. <laughs> he produced a meditative CD uh, of the Tao Te Ching and just a an eighty verse, you know, just a uh, just all sutras for, for for each of the verses of the Tao, and um, um, that was one of the first sort of uh, methods I used to get into a meditative state was uh, was listening to that CD um, uh, repeatedly. Used to do that uh, early on. Used to do that daily, and then uh, shortly after meeting uh, Dr. Dyer, I also uh, ran into a, a fellow um, named Eckhart Tolle. Uh, read his books, and I think the thing that that made the biggest difference in my forward progress along this sort of path, if you will, uh, was um, while I did other things, you know, I remember mowing the lawn while listening to Eckhart Tolle read, uh, read his book, A New Earth. And uh, so I ended up listening to that book uh, multiple times all the way through, got to the point where I had almost had it memorized actually. Uh, But uh, that really, uh, that specific book made a real big dent for me. What is that book about? Well, I, I think one of my favorite um, favorite little sort of stories from the book uh, will say as much as I need to say about it. Um, he is, uh, Eckhart is meeting with a person who is completely unhappy uh, with herself, uh, with life. Um, and he gets to the point in the conversation where he asks her, how would, how would, you, how would it be for you if you weren't so 
unhappy about being unhappy. And boy, I'll tell you, that just, that landed for me like nothing else has ever landed. Um, out of that entire book, it's the thing that I, 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 uh, I remember most of all, actually. That idea that it is one thing to experience something. It is another thing to amplify the experience in a negative way <laughs> mm-hmm. by how you think about it, mm. how you react to it. That's you know, Rose Kennedy said this a long time ago. Someone asked her, you know, how 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 did she? Well, she was still alive. Uh, someone asked uh, Rose Kennedy, you know, how 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 have you survived? <laughs> uh, right uh, after losing uh, both of her sons, two two of her sons to to assassination for crying out loud, um, and other things too as well. But uh, but they asked her how she how she she got got through it, and she said, um, "It's it's not what happens; it's how you deal with it." Yep. You know, and that's, I think that's the, that's the gist of, uh, of what I got from Eckhart Tolle too, is that, is that it's our, it's our mind. <laughs> that's the, that's the weak, that's the weak, uh, the weak part there. And it's, um, getting in the way just as much as it's, uh, as it's uh, helping. So it's, um, it helps to, um, it helps to keep it, um, in check. Bravo. Well said. Good. So I think before we met, you were in the radio world, right? Yeah, sort of, um, sort of, um, uh, it was a back and forth thing for me. Um, um, when I first um, graduated from college, uh, my degree was in mass communication. Uh, actually, I got a double major: mass communication and English. English, uh, the language, you know, um, not not literature so much, but the language. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I um, my first gig right out of right out of college was at a tiny radio station in Oakhurst, California. Uh, K A A T, the Mountain Cat, <laughs> and I was uh, the midday uh, midday uh, personality from uh, ten in the morning to two in the afternoon. Boy, had probably a good solid, um, I'll say, ten years of uh, of radio between that job and uh, working for a couple of radio stations down in Fresno, California. Um, had a good solid um, first. Um, first iteration of a career uh, in radio broadcasting. Parlayed that into a um, job with a record company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, of all places. So moved from Fresno, California to Milwaukee, Wisconsin for this uh, gig with a record company, which turned out to be quite a good one. Um, I was there for five years, uh, ended up uh, getting a gold record uh, with my name on it uh, for the work that I did for one of the artists uh, on the label. And uh, we were very successful. I was director of national radio promotion using my, my knowledge of radio to be the guy who's calling the radio stations about this music at the time that was referred to as new age and getting like pop stations to play it. And it worked. Uh, It worked. Um, And then when I decided I was going to stop doing that before I took another job with a record company, which led me back up to Seattle, which actually led me to Seattle, not back to Seattle. I grew up in Northern California, but I ended up in Seattle, uh, uh, for another record company job. But in between then, I, uh, for a little while, I worked for uh, AMFM Combination Radio Station in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, called WMIL, W-O-K-Y, W-Milwaukee. <laughs> um, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, that was short-lived. But I, again, that was sort of radio became my fallback position at, at that point in time. So then I moved to Seattle, uh, took the job with Miramar, which uh, uh, was a record and video company at the time. And did that for a number of years. 
Um, when that came to an end, um, I also went back into radio and yeah, I worked at uh, young country in Seattle, uh, and uh, and then you've uh, since moved on. You were our um, you were our spider guru uh, yeah. at DealerNet, our yep. SEO king of SEO. Yep, um, way ahead of your time. <laughs> well, yeah, my 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 you you love that I own my own URL. You also uh, maybe remember that my my vanity plate for the longest time was Web Surfer. <laughs> I finally let that go. Mine was the net. I'll never forget the phone call that you had from uh, the guys at Hotmail yep. that were trying to sell us advertising. Yep. And they were, uh, this was literally the guy who started Hotmail. Yep. And they were talking, selling advertising on Hotmail. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they were talking about uh, F the VCs. <laughs> yeah. Was, yep. This was a web company that we worked together in. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then uh, turn around and I don't know, it was probably a year later, they got sold to Microsoft for $400 million. Yeah. And yeah. I think at one point we had an opportunity to invest too, didn't we? Or they were offering shares or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that's true. I think I remember that. Oh, dude, <laughs> we missed <laughs> out. <laughs> I know. Right. Okay. Let me just, okay. We'll forget about that. Um, and then since then, Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, we kind of folded up shop. Um, mm-hmm. and so you've obviously been doing all kinds of other things. Uh, where, where, where have you, uh, been spending your time since then? Yeah. Um, uh, also a good question. The, um, the, I think the thing that happened, um, that sort of sent me off into other areas, uh, was that after, um, I left, um, Reynolds and Reynolds, right. Yep. Um, uh, after I left there, um, I op- opened my own, uh, sh- put up a shingle, just started doing SEO work for other people, um, yeah. I, including actually, um, <laughs> including you for a while, I think, as I remember, right? I took it out, took it, uh, took it in-house, uh, took it uh, home. And, um, and so I was doing that for a while, but um, you'll probably get this. I, I know this has happened for a lot of people now with the pandemic happening and everyone working from home, like working from home has become the thing. But boy, I was working for home then, from home then, and I really got to the point where I just couldn't stand it. <laughs> I was just like, God, I just, I've got to be around people. I just, I have to be around people. I just, I, I hate this, right? I hate being in the office by myself. Yes. And I love doing the work. I really love doing the work. But um, yeah, I just. Um, it's lonely. Yeah, I had to get out of the house. And so the first thing I did was I was an REI member, loved working, loved uh, shopping at REI, had been an REI member since, I mean, I've got a, you know, I've got a uh, mid 300s uh, (laughs) co-op number. I was um, uh, just really getting tired of working by myself at home. And so I thought I would continue doing the work, but I wanted to add something to it. Uh, And so I, uh, like I say, loved loved shopping at REI. they made great stuff um, and um, really respected the business model and the business itself, yeah. the co-op in its essence. And uh, so I saw it just happenstance that they were uh, offering a job fair. And um, in that, in the new uh, Seattle, uh, the brand new at that point in time, the brand new Seattle flagship. Uh, flagship store, right? Yeah. Uh, right there on Yale. And um, uh, so I went into the, uh, went in um, and they hired me on the spot. 
I must have impressed him somehow or another, but because I'd never worked in retail before in my entire life. Uh, but uh, they hired me on the, the spot. Look. You've got the they, REI look. Well, they hired me on the spot, uh, and I worked there for a, for a number of years, actually. I really enjoyed working there. I, I really did. Um, and um, just uh, was successful with it. Um, they, um, uh, at one point in time, uh, wanted to make me a supervisor. And I was going to go for that. And then they were going to open a store in Bend, Oregon. And I applied for that. Then they said, well, we're only going to hire Oregon people for the Bend store. So um, we'll maybe send you to Pennsylvania. <laughs> and I said, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> I said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. I'm yeah. going to move on. So uh, I, yeah. at that point in time, um, I also was kind of uh, getting tired of the commute, uh, I have to say. Um, I really, I, I've developed as I've gone along, my, my fuse has gotten shorter and shorter. <laughs> <laughs> so that fuse got uh, pretty short and realized that the commuting was also uh, bothering me. So I was ready to leave REI. So I walked into uh, a store here on Bainbridge Island uh, called Bay Hay and Feed and Howard was, is the owner and uh, walked in and uh, asked to talk to Howard and uh, Howard and I talked for about 10 minutes uh, and he hired me on the spot. So I was just basically going to do the same thing at Howard's store that I did at REI, you know, uh, clothing. Uh, they started carrying clothing and footwear and that's the, you know, that's my, that's my, uh, my bailiwick. So I um, uh, was able to just make that transition very easily. I started working at Bay Hay and Feed and was working there for a couple of years. Nice. Um, really enjoyed that. Um, and then I started, um, this would have been when I f- when I've made my first foray into uh, working professionally um, in the wine business, <laughs> uh, a winery here on the island uh, called Eleven Winery was just opening uh, their uh, their first tasting room on Winslow Way, and I just happened to be a member of his wine club. I or I uh, you know joined some years before, so I was drinking the wine and getting to know about the winery and the wine and the winemaker. And so I was coming home late from Seattle one night and was, and I was driving down Winslow way. And I saw Matt, who's the winemaker. He's like inside the space on Winslow way with all the Klieg lights on, you know, painting it. And I'm going, Oh dude, <laughs> first of all, you're the wine. You shouldn't be doing this is what I was thinking my head, in, right. in my head. I'm like, this, this is not something you should be doing. And so I reached out to him immediately. And I said, I said, dude, you need some help. <laughs> and I thought I was going to help him just, finish painting the space, right? That's what mm-hmm. I was thought I was was going to be talking to him about. So he said, yeah, come talk to me tomorrow. So I so I stopped by the space the next day and talked to him for about 10 minutes. And uh, he hired me to to open the tasting room and manage it for him. So um, that was- <laughs> You thought again, you were going to paint. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, basically every job I've ever had has been really easy to get. <laughs> 10 minute conversation. Yeah. 10 minute conversation. Think of those jobs that you didn't apply for that you know, a 10 minute conversation could have been, you know, I mean, not that there's any out there that you would want, but I mean, you know, just some, some dream. Uh... Yep. Senator. <laughs> okay. No, thanks. I don't, but I don't think you, I don't think you not can a 10 minute conversation. <laughs> with a 10 minute conversation for that job, right? That's not a job you can get with a 10 minute conversation. No, so. no. These days oh, it's wow. getting harder, harder yeah. and harder. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I uh, worked at uh, worked at uh, Eleven Winery for a number of years. Was the only first and only employee there for a, a long time before we actually hired help. And then shortly after we hired our first employee, I quit and went elsewhere. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so I think uh, Talina never forgave me for that. Um, 
over time. I think she finally did, but uh, it took her a long time to forgive me for that. Um, but I um, is that that fuse, that shorter fuse? Is that the yeah, day? yeah, exactly. Well, I, I had the opportunity. Um, I had the opportunity to take a job at uh, the Freestone Inn up in Mazama, and I did that uh, in twenty. This would have been in 20, 2013. Don't they run the uh, hella skiing out of there? Yep. Because yes. I've actually done that. Yeah. Yeah. Hell skiing uh, lands right there in the meadow, um, right right up from the swim, swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. North yeah. Cascades, heli skiing. Yeah. Yeah. They're still doing that. So you uh, so you were there. So, yeah. So I moved up to uh, Mazama for, uh, ended up just being a full year. Um, that one, uh, again, was a, it was really easy to get the job. But boy, the guy I was working for was a piece of work. <laughs> I'll just say that about that. Uh, and, um, and again, back to the, uh, ever shortening fuse conversation. Um, uh, you know, they do a temporary closure in October, uh, just for, because it's the, you know, it's the rainy season. The soda hasn't started yet. So they just do a temporary closure in October and then everyone comes back just in time for Thanksgiving sort of thing. But we all went away in October and I just didn't come back (laughs) because it, again, the guy was just, uh, yeah, impossible to work for. I have mm-hmm. I have no patience for people that are um, uh, that are hard to work for. Agreed. Another job that um, went back into the wine industry actually worked for Delille for a while up in Woodinville, oh, which nice. which very enjoyable. But again, boy, that 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 commute was, and the only reason that worked was for was for a while. Uh, my wife was living uh, part time uh, in a condo in Seattle to make her commute easier. Mm. Um, when she was doing a lot of in-person stuff in Seattle at the time and, uh, and a lot of actually stuff on the East side too. And we just getting to be too much of a schlep to get from Bainbridge to the East side. So, uh, she got this, um, really lovely condo in downtown Seattle for a while. Um, and so I was only commuting from there, but still it was just all the way to Woodenville. Um, again, DeLille, fabulous company, fabulous wine, wonderful people, but, um, yeah, could, just couldn't keep that going. Just mm. couldn't keep that going. Yeah. That's played into a few of my shorter term things is that it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> well, it's nice that you've had the flexibility to pursue that passion too. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I'm really grateful that, um, that, uh, you know, Janine's career has uh, blossomed so uh, profusely here uh, and, uh, and that I was able to make enough money in, in, um, in fits and starts to fund other fits and starts. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, um, it's been interesting for sure. Um, I have, um, if you look at my uh, resume, I don't, I don't really produce one much anymore because it doesn't really help to put out a piece of paper, but, uh, no. um, my resume has got a lot of experience on it. Well, and I would say it's got a lot of passions too. I mean, you seem like a very sort of a, a passion driven, feel like you're a Renaissance man, you know, well, I appreciate that. I, I think I do have a, a passion for um, for wine for sure. Um, I have a passion for being outdoors. That you know that certainly played into the REI and the and the Bay Hay thing that I really loved um, uh, helping other people get out there. You know, getting the right foot footwear on. One of my best stories from REI actually was uh, I um, back in the day with leather boots. You could actually modify them. You could actually put them on a on an anvil, and you could actually you could actually rework the leather to fit around someone's, for example, a bunion or, mm-hmm. uh, or an arthritic, uh, joint or something. And I remember, uh, after, um, uh, 
custom fitting some boots to uh, uh, to a woman uh, some years ago. Um, probably um, a year later, she comes back into the department and runs up and hugs me. <laughs> 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 and basically was telling the story that, that that she had been able to take the longest backpacking trip of her entire life for the because of the because of the boots that I had fit to her. So, um, yeah, that's part of it for me is 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 that not only do I have a passion about it, but I love to share that passion with others and allow them to experience it um, mm-hmm. themselves. So uh, that's been part of the wine thing. Certainly, it's been part of the uh, outdoor thing. Um, comes down to this, um, you know, posting poems on Instagram for crying out loud. I'm also uh, posting them uh, on uh, on LinkedIn and Twitter and YouTube and, you know, trying to get it out there. But um, de- poetry is definitely a passion. Of let's mine. let's I, uh, let's I talk love about to share that. it and yeah. love to have other people hear it. So 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 you are I, I noticed on Instagram, you're starting to post a lot of poems. So let's talk about that so is it a is it a daily it looked like it was a challenge of something or is it a personal yeah well it was it's interesting again part of this um part of the uh uh, being at home with the pandemic i was uh again working for the winery believe it or not uh, early this year had been working there for about a year again uh when the pandemic hit and i was one of the people that you know as tens of millions nationwide have gotten uh rug pulled out from underneath them. Yeah. Um, I was furloughed. And so I was home. That's what, that's why I was able to do all the exp- expansion of the vegetable garden, for example, because mm-hmm. I had really nothing better to do. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but the, the, the timing of, of the transition that I wanted to make uh, couldn't have been better. In other words, um, I had to stop doing what I was doing. I was forced to stop doing what I was doing. And my wife brought up the idea of, you know, if you could get yourself out there more than you're getting yourself out there, um, you could probably generate even more work for yourself uh, in the, in the in, you know, in the voice acting uh, realm of things. Uh, and she put, she's the one that laid down the gauntlet. She's the one that laid down the challenge, the everyday challenge. And I think she probably thought I was only going to maybe do it for a month. <laughs> but um, I like, I've been joking. This is now season one <laughs> of the everyday challenge. Uh, and I'm just going to keep doing it. You know, I'm just keep doing it. So you're, so you're posting a poem usually uh, yeah, yeah, every day. Yeah. And what, what is the topic or are you, I, I you know, is there a theme or, um, there's, are you there's, not a theme. Uh, there's not a theme. Uh, the one thing I did, uh, for example, last week I started, uh, last week was the first sort of themed week in that last week was David white week. So every poem last week was David white. This week is Mary Oliver week. Uh, so this week, every poem will be my uh, Mary Oliver poem. I don't know if I'm going to continue doing that, but uh, it's. It, I think I've gotten a little bit more interest from people who were David White fans last week and from Mary Oliver fans this week who will you know, continue to follow uh, for the next couple of days at least. So um, uh, there seems to be an advantage to doing it that way. But um, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a way to get my voice out there. I think that it would be a, a little bit of a reach to start like reading a book. <laughs> you know, like a page at a time or something. Yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, I think poems lead them, lend themselves to being, um, you know, short little vignettes that I can uh, get away with posting, uh, posting daily. So uh, it's, it's why it's how poetry sort of became the thing, the vehicle that I chose. Bravo. So if we're going to, uh, if somebody is listening and they want to find you, of course we'll have links, but what, yeah. what is the best way to find uh, Kevin Schmidt on Instagram and uh, some of your other hangouts. Well, um, Instagram, uh, uh, Kevin at Kevin E. Schmidt. Uh, he is the middle initial, Kevin E. Schmidt, K E V I N 
E-S-C-H-M-I-D-T. On uh, Facebook, uh, you can go to facebook.com slash certified happiness engineer. Nice. <laughs> that's that's me. That's me. I, I got that uh, numb to plume uh, uh, working for the winery uh, that the first time around. So Oh, uh, got it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I became a certified happiness engineer. So, so that was my... after you got Web Surfer as the yeah, license yeah, plate. Yeah. Uh, and, well, heck, anyone that wants to can zing me an email. <laughs> Kevin at kevinschmidt.com. It'd be great if you could take us out with a poem. This week is uh, Mary Oliver week. Uh, for me, um, for my uh, little posts on Instagram and other platforms. And uh, one of my favorite Mary Oliver poems is Swan. Did you too see it drifting all night on the Black River? Did you see it in the morning rising into the silvery air, an armful of white blossoms, a perfect commotion of silk and linen as it leaned into the bondage of its wings, a snowbank, a bank of lilies, biting the air with its black beak? Did you hear it fluting and whistling, a shrill dark music like the rain pelting the trees, like a waterfall knifing down the black ledges? And did you see it finally just under the clouds, a white cross streaming across the sky, its feet like black leaves, its wings like the stretching light of the river? And did you feel it in your heart, how it pertained to everything? And have you too finally figured out what beauty is for? And have you changed your life? Thank you. Wow. Thanks for having me, Peter. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for listening to this episode of Biz and Life Done Well with Peter Wilson. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most of the other popular podcast platforms. Please tell your friends about us and leave us a review so even more people will find out about us. Thanks again. We'll see you soon.